Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch and the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And we invite you to go check those websites out. And today, again, I have the international student that has spent his year at the Nicolay Bible Institute, uh, Natan, with me. And he is a guy I just love talking to. He has a lot of questions, loves God, wants to use his life for something important. He is from Mexico, though, which is not northern Wisconsin. <laughs> and we've enjoyed having him here. And after the summer, he'll be headed back to Mexico, where he's going to continue his education. And we are excited for seeing what God does with you, Natan. And hopefully you keep representing him well. But we've been going through things that you just have on your mind, questions. What's the next question you might have for an old guy? Well, previously we talked about what does it mean to be righteous? And you responded with, well, it's to do what's right. And that's literally what the word meant. Right. Now, because they may be similar words, but they might be different in how they're defined. Okay. So Psalm 32:11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And we talked about joy, how it relates with Philippians, and that was just so profound. And so you're looking at, at joy or upright? What word are you looking at? Specifically upright, because the following Psalm, Psalm 33 says, verse 4, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. So that, I'm just curious. Upright about and righteousness that. are very close to each other. Uh, mm. They could be used as uh, uh, synonyms almost, I think. However, it really means straight, literally or figuratively, straight. Mm. So if you're going to look at that, it's, it's the literal translation would be, shout for the joy all you straight in heart. Mm. Now, I, that doesn't make sense in English <laughs> to me. And so when you go and you see the continue, it's uh, equity, uh, just. Uh, okay, now we're using just, the word just again, which we also did with righteous. Hmm. So it, it's got similarities to it. Hmm. So again, I think it's just doing what's right. Whenever you see straight, straight and narrow, you're talking about something where the, the edges are defined. Hmm. And if it's an edge, you don't go into it. You hmm. stay there. And, of course, you put your brain into the New Testament and God talks about, Jesus talks about, you know, it's a narrow gate and, it, you know, it's a narrow uh, road. That's the theme of the summer verse. Yeah, so it's, that's it. I mean, there's narrow gate, narrow road. Mm. There are edges. There are edges then. Mm. You get off in the edge, not as fun to work with. Mm. So, so it's important for us to understand there's, there's a, a road, a center of the road, and then there's the edges, and the edges are a lot harder to deal with because mm. you're meant to be in that narrow road. Um, mm. As I, I got a newer car recently, one of the weird characteristics of it is there's a button on it that helps you stay in the middle of the lane. Mm. I have no idea how it does that, but I think, ooh, uh, I should, that should be a Christian thing. Stay in the middle, mm. stay on the lane, stay in your lane. I think that's very important for us to understand. And that's so cool that you said that because you said stay in the middle. That reminds me of one of my friends. I don't know if you're listening to this, Titus, but hello. Te quiero mucho, hermano. Te aprecio. And one time he shared a message called Nos vemos en el medio, which means I'll see you at the middle. Okay. And he talked about balance. and Yeah. And well, there's edges. And God says, you mm. know what? This is an edge over here. Don't go there. Mm. So you're, you're not one who's going to go lost and do those things. Why, that's on the edge, man. That, that's not good. It's going to make life hard. 
And we should listen to God. He knows. He mm. made us. So he actually knows what we need. Mm. And, and that's critical. Interestingly how, I mean, in the previous talk, we talked about how, you know, the laser. Right. Don't look at it. It's going to hurt my eyes. And now how this, I don't know why it just got to my head, uh, how it relates to God's holiness. But it reminds me, I think it's Psalm 89. And that's a messianic psalm because it talks about Christ, talks about uh, one of the last verses that uh, shame was placed on him that the years of his youth were cut short. So it talks about Jesus. But one of the earlier verses, and I don't remember which one, but I do remember what it says. In it's Psalm 81? 89. Oh, 89. 89. Yeah. And in there it's talking about God's covenant promises. And the verse says, I have sworn by my holiness, mm. I will not lie to David and right. that word holiness and you were talking about it all relates righteousness justice righteous upright and I recall this this is not from me this is from a great author sure. named Jackie Hill Perry she just okay. wrote a new book I want to read it at some point called holier than thou and it just relates with God's, God's holiness and at some point she says something like God's holiness allows me to trust him more Right. Because the fact that God is holy means he cannot sin. Yeah. And if he cannot sin, he then he cannot sin against me. Right. Which then makes him the most trustworthy being in the universe. Yeah. Well, let's unpack holiness for a second. Hmm. Uh, because holiness is a, a very yeah. interesting word that a lot of people grapple with. Hmm. What does that mean, this holy thing, you know? Hmm. Yeah, here's what I like doing, in English anyway. I would translate the word rather than holy. I would say unique. So, and that's probably too weak. And those who know the original language are probably thinking, oh, that's terrible. But I, I don't know. But for me, it's unique. And then it's, when they describe God, they would say unique, unique, unique. Hmm. What they're saying is no one like him. Hmm. When God tells me to do something, he tells me to be just one unique. He said, be holy. Why? Because I'm holy. Now, now that makes sense to me. Because if I follow God, and he does everything right 100% of the time, that's holy, holy, holy. That's unique, unique, unique. And then he says, hey, Dave, follow me, and you'll be holy. I'll just be one unique, because I still have the capability of, you know, and I'll never grasp everything he does, and I'll never understand everything God understands. So... Maybe I just get one of the holies hmm. in my life. I have no idea how that works. And, hmm. and, but, you know, it's fun for me to play with it because it's, it's so incredibly important to know that God is holy or unique and unique, 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 unique. He, he is. Hmm. And that he just tells me, be holy, Dave, because I am. Hmm. And I think, yeah, that's it. I need to live in a way that's unique. So if the rest of the world is, that doesn't know God is saying this, I don't follow that hmm. because I'm holy. And I don't do it just for fun. I think some Christians through life have decided we really need to be unique. So if everyone wears blue, we're going to tell people, don't you ever wear blue because we got to be unique. <laughs> and I think, huh? That's not what that means. Hmm. That doesn't mean that if everyone um, has long hair, we have to get short hair. If everyone has short hair, we have to have long hair. Uh, that's not holiness. That's not mm. uniqueness. That's not what it's talking about. If I just want to go out and be 
different and freaky. I just have to look at people around me and say, how are they? I'm going to be different. Now I'm unique. You know, that's not what God's mm. talking about. What makes me unique is that I know God. I listen to God. I will not be the same then as the world around me that doesn't know him. And it's so interesting because, if I'm honest, when I listen to the word unique relating to people, I think my human tendency is to think, oh, it means standing out. But no. And we were talking about upright. so It means different. Standing right, not standing out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we all have trouble with the idea of unique because I think even in in, in America here, young people will come up to camp and they'll say, yeah, my own person, you know, I got my own design. And I look at them and I think everyone else your age is doing that too. Hmm. But, you know, what they're saying is you're 60-some years old, you do it different than I do, I'm a unique person. Well, everyone in this age group dresses like you. You know, I mean, uh, for example, the, the ripped jeans things, I don't know if it's still in, but, you know, I look at it and go, I'm, I'm, I would never wear ripped jeans. I wouldn't buy ripped jeans. already <laughs> worn out. Okay, that's me. You say, yeah, well, I'm unique. I wear them. That's not what this is talking about. Mm. You, you can have whatever style you want. I really don't care. Mm. Uh, you may be unique in style, but then we're using words, you know, I mean, mm. differently. Mm. Uh, unique the way it's used. or And, again, holy is not translated unique it's set apart it's, but you can see it means the same thing it, mm. it just means it's not the same as everything around you mm. and god is three of those and he mm. asked me to be one i don't know how that all fits but that that's how it works mm. wow that is that's profound but like again the way we talked about it and i remember you say i like to make profound truth simple and yeah i don't be... think i'm smart enough to make it complicated I, th- I think there's a gift to not being on the smart side of things. I think being normal is on the good side. And, yes. And you look at it and go, I agree. I don't understand what that unique means, but if mm. I look it up, here's what I think it means. Mm. And, of course, in today's uh, Internet age and the Bibles they have on my iPad, I just hit the word. I could see the original. Mm. So even though I don't know the original, mm. I can still look it up. And that is so interesting. Again, I love talking about this right now. This wakes me up. This gets my energy going. Just talking about God and with you about it, it's, it's, it's great. It's good because I love it's it. siesta time. So yes. good, let's stay awake. Venga, vamos. Yeah. Um, a darle. We say that a lot in Mexico. I have no vamos idea a darle. what that means, but go ahead. Let's uh, get it. Go, go let's on. Get yeah. it. I say that a lot with, with the boys. Let's okay. get it. <laughs> and um, at church, they talked about Psalm 135. Right now they're doing Summer of Psalms. Psalm 135? Yes. And we mean... I remember one point was uh, there's a book entitled there's a book titled not entitled you you I don't remember the title exactly but it was you become what you worship right and and we're talking about you know God tells us be holy right as I am holy and there's somewhere 135 and at some point when it it's, when it begins to talk about idols you know the idols of the nations verse 15. Silver and gold, the work of human hands. Mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, do not see. Ears, but do not hear. And he, he begins to give all these characteristics. And then verse 18. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. And then, O house of Israel, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. It's just interesting to think yeah. that, I mean... I become what I worship, and it's not to say it's not like I'll become God, because never, 
No. That's never going to no, happen. Very few you know, people say that. You know what I'm trying to right. say. What I'm trying to say is not, when I worship something that is not God, then I'll, like in Romans 1, you know, they exchange the created for the creator. Right. You begin to share in those characteristics. Like if, if I worship money, I'll begin to see things in terms of business and currency. And I might be drawn to use others for my own benefit or or who knows if I think of fame or influence. And they talked about this yesterday at Young Adults, how um, in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about uh, incorrect ways of, of just wanting to be puffed up so right. that others look at us. And there might be you want influence and impact, power, or maybe you have, you're insecure and you're trying to look for security and your own affirmation and that. And it's just it's not the best. And just thinking about God and holy which makes him trustworthy because he won't sin against me. I can trust him. Right. Uh, and how this relates with this, yeah. I'm trying to unpack it in my mind. But I know, you know I, I often look at what the Bible says, mm. and, and really it's a very simple illustration. If I create an idol, I, cr I carve it, hmm. and then I bow down to it and ask it for help, hmm. how silly is that? Hmm. That's all <laughs> like, it's saying. And that's so interesting because yeah, I was... Yeah, I mean, it's silly, and, and yet... It's true. Yeah. Like, and, and I remember I talked about this with Colton. Yeah. That uh, I'm pretty certain it was Colton. That he knows someone that does these little carvings. Yeah. And that you already have a picture in your mind before you do it. Sure. So you have this, let's say, a three-dimensional rectangle. Sure. And you start carving all the stuff out of it into it fits an image. So you already have... It's already... Before it's even done... The work of human hands, it's already in the mind and in the heart. It's just an, an outward, ex I don't know, an yeah, outward expression. If I don't you know look at this, to... this is very interesting because it says, mm. and it says the idols of the nation are silver and gold. Uh, of course, they could be idols, they could be money, you know, mm. whatever. Uh, the works of human hands, but they have mouths, they do not speak. So they, they were carved idols, most likely because mm. of the context uh, in our culture, could you money, whatever. They mm. have eyes, but do not, uh, do not see. They have ears but do not hear, nor any breath in their mouth. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust them. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense to me. Now, when I look at it, I go, okay, what, what God is saying is those people who don't know me but think that money or some inanimate object is going to be able to save them from something, hmm. don't listen to them. Or today it could be, you know... Uh, pop culture stars right. or famous people. I, I don't even know how it Remember, what, what I, they, they don't have the answers, so mm -hmm. don't go to them for them. Or just anything where I place its trust, right. that I should, I should trust in God instead of that. Whatever occupies that space. Yeah. That, it actually puts place. those people on the same realm as knowing as much as my teapot on my desk. Mm. You know, and I wouldn't go to the teapot and ask anything. <laughs> yeah, or uh, it, the be, water that I have is That's like, right. I, I wouldn't do that. So in a way, it's kind of funny, it, but it's making a point. Hmm. If I take something and create it, and then I worship it, hmm. that's silly. That's all. Hmm. I mean, that's the point. Hmm. And so people who do that, and you look at them and go, that's not right. Hmm. You're right. It isn't. Hmm. And, and what's the answer there? Well, it goes back to Genesis in the beginning. God, you got to acknowledge there's a God that He created. Mm. I mean, that kind of thing. And um, and once again, the simple illustration I always gave even in classes, uh, people can't see it. But what am I holding, Nathan? A pen. A pen. Did it have a creator? Yes. Somebody actually made this pen. Did it have a designer? You think? Yes. Yeah. Does it have a purpose? Yes. This is only a pen. 
Yeah, I mean, look at the universe. Hmm. This pen is not complicated. Yet nobody in their right mind would say this pen came into existence by itself hmm. over the billion years that particles just floated around. Hmm. No one would say that. Now, if I have that kind of logic with a pen, how can I look at the universe and think for a moment that there isn't a God? Hmm. I, I, therefore, you know, it's silly to me hmm. if, if somebody believes there is no God and they actually observe things around them. How, how do you even come to that conclusion? Hmm. And I think this passage here is yeah, you know, the idols. Yeah, I know people make them and there's gold and there's silver. And, hmm. But remember, they can't see, they can't talk, they don't have any brain. Uh, and really, if you're going to start making that your God, then you're like them. Mm. And it's so interesting because, and again, the reason why I want to talk about this with you is because I want to make sure that I am interpreting it right. Oh, I don't know that I am. But I'm just telling you what I'm thinking. No, you no, still, you still live like in the Bible. Even here, both of us, you know, being submitted to, to the truth of God's word. Right. Like, I want to do... I do not want to... I do not want to do eisegesis, which is what I think it says. Right. Even though ultimately... We are right about that, but not. we don't start there. No. And we never do eisegesis. That's what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I want to do exegesis, which, which is what the scripture says. Yeah. And just looking at, just looking at what these verses say. Um, mouths do not speak, eyes do not, he do not see, ears but do not hear. Like, right now, this pen is not going to talk back right. to me or the water. Right. So there, there isn't, and then you think about this huge temple's, all over the world, or I can think in Mexico, all these idols that we have, they do not talk back. No. But there is that relational aspect with God. Absolutely. You know, it's, what, what I find extremely fascinating is, is, again, the idea that anybody would come to a conclusion that an inanimate object is worth investing their life in. Hmm. You know, we, we know that that's not right. It amuses me in a really weird way. It's like, really? Hmm. You're going to live your life for that? Hmm. Because it, then I look at it and say, that, that's not going to work. Why? Well, it, it goes back again to my, even as a student in grade school, whatever. You know, in the beginning, there's a God. Hmm. If you want to ignore all that, you're certainly welcome to. Hmm. But how do you explain all that? You know, you're going to explain it as an accidental blob and it blew up somewhere and somehow it came into existence and all the complexity of even a human mm. was something that accidentally developed? Yes, if all the works of Beethoven yeah, uh, were I'm, made out of an explosion yeah. in a printing press. You know, I'm, mm. I am just sorry. I cannot. Here, here's what I believe, Nathan. And, and again, I'm very old. I'm not very old, but I'm older. So it's like, okay, I understand people think you're nuts sometimes, whatever, but the bottom line really is, I really mm. think that Christianity is logical. Mm. And that those who don't grab the idea of God, sin, right, wrong, God's forgiveness, they're not being logical. Mm. When I look at creation, that's the logical answer. Mm. Because, again, I can hold a pen up, a teapot, whatever you want, and I can say, it's logical to you that somebody designed it. It's logical that it was created by some manufacturing or somehow. And, and, and that's logic. Hmm. And so when you look at the universe, you look at a 
raspberry, you look it up, whatever, you go, that's logical. And, and when you get there, you go, okay, so those that are running around the world saying, those who believe in God aren't logical. I just look at them and go, huh? So it's more logical to believe that everything accidentally appeared. Sorry, I don't, I don't buy it. Hmm. No, you want to buy it, go and buy it. And then you live your life as if everybody's an accident. Go ahead. Hmm. You'll be miserable. Just to uh, meditate more on that, I remember that even we have talked about Einstein. Right. And I remember he he believed, I mean, not, it's not the exact same words, but he could say, he could say that the, the presence of Jesus in the gospel is past, it's palpable, it's tangible. That he believed in God, who made the order of the universe, but he never believed in a personal God. Right. And he died with that. I mean, I, I hope that he he came to know God at some point. Right. But Me and too. he was incredibly smart. And he was just some of the smartest men we've had in the history of mankind. But it's it's just sad to think that. Uh, you know, right now we have gotten to know God intimately and in his word more than, than Einstein ever did because he, he didn't accept that, that personal relational aspect of yeah. of God. I always wonder what God does when somebody's um, sick on their deathbed, how he communicates with them if he does. Hmm. I really don't know. That's not my business. I hmm. never will answer for that. Einstein was interesting. I hmm. mean, he's the one that I believe uh, through mathematics told us that, you know, time Hmm. If you if you take away time, there. I mean, if you, uh, light, excuse me. If you travel at the speed of light, there is no time. And, and you know, I can't comprehend no time, so I don't know what that means. But Einstein, I believe, was pretty firm on saying, no. If if you travel at the speed of light, there's no time that passes, so it's timeless. Hmm. And uh, I believe that the Fermi Lab, uh, through the last decade or so or more. Uh, proved that he was right, and Einstein obviously isn't around to know that they proved it, because they have some kind of tunnel they put particles through and speed of light, and they have a certain half-life, and they figured it out. And I think that's very interesting, because God says he's light. And one of the things we know about God is he's timeless. Hmm. And so, you know, even the people that went before us, like my father's died 30 years ago, and my in-laws, my mom, you know, could it be that they're traveling right now at the speed of light somewhere? Hmm. And when I die, they think I came with them because there's no time that's passed because they're traveling at the speed of light and they're in a place with no time. I don't know how to answer the no time questions. That's not the logical part I'm talking about. There's a logical part to the creation and discovering God. But when you're dealing with someone who's far superior than you in intellect and understanding, you don't have to understand everything they say. Hmm. What you count on is their character, and that's what the Bible allows us to do, is see who God is and then put our trust in him. Hmm. But to understand them, if that's what's logic to you, no, you're not going to, because he's way beyond you. And I've often told young kids, you know, God's dumbest thought is smarter than your smartest if he had a dumb thought, you know. But the bottom line really is, you gotta realize something. God's the creator and sustainer of life. You're not gonna understand everything he says. Hmm. If you're basing everything on your understanding, then that's gonna change from the time you first talk to the time you die, according to the circumstances of life, and everyone's truth will be different. Hmm. But truth isn't different, it's revealed by God, so. Hmm. 
I don't know how to respond. I just say I agree. Yeah, I know. I'm just, it's one of those no, fun things just, to talk about. I think it's logical, and our guests that are listening need to, to not allow people to say, well, Christianity is not logical. I don't know where they're coming from. It's a reasonable faith. Yeah, it is. And it reminds me of Romans 12, and when it says, this is your logical worship. I mean, other translations go with your spiritual worship, yeah. but the, the Greek is logikos. Right. And who we're talking about, you know, and I remember th this one guy once gave this whole explanation of how, you know, God is timeless. He created time, space, and matter. So when you ask where does God come from, that's not in accordance with his character because he's outside of time. He's beyond it, in it, through it. He created right. it. And at the end, I remember the guy just closed with just explaining the whole thing of how it is that uh, where does God come from assumes that he is depending on time. But if he would be restricted by time, he wouldn't be God because he created it. Right. So it's an incorrect question. Yeah, and you can't and understand it. You and I are locked into this absolutely, time thing. Absolutely. But what I'm trying to get is, no, and, not but, but and, what I'm trying to get on the basis of that is the guy just concluded with, that's the word, that's the God that I worship. Thanks. Right. And, and actually hmm. what it does is it makes the universe logical now. Hmm. Not that you understand how it all got formed or mm. how big it is or anything else. Just makes it so that it makes sense. And it, I'm looking. There it is. There it is. Uh, and this is just something that wonders me. You, you might want to take a look at it. I don't know if you can see it from here. Okay. But just that, one, it is. that one sum, you know, uh, it's right next. It's the next okay. page. How it says 139, for you formed me in my... You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You formed my inward parts. Right. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And one of the other translations, no, here it has like a, those little numbers at the top, right. which means, or for I am fearfully set apart right. and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And it continues to say, you know, my frame was not hidden from you. I was being made in secret, in intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed, all of those beautiful verses. Right. But you think about it, fearfully and wonderfully made. And you think about how it is, you conclude, God made this. Right. And I think they can't see it, but if you're listening to this, look it up. Just look, Rose Window, York Minster Cathedral. Okay. And it's just That's that beautiful. beautiful glass. Yes, it is. And, and it's photographed by um, C.J. Bassman, just great photographer, because I don't think, I'm, I'm, I'm not that good at taking pictures, yep. so give credit to And that's the York Minster Cathedral. Yep. Beautiful piece of, of, of work in glass. But then... My goodness, yeah. The way your eyes work that's, and the way you see things. Yeah. Oh, man. And for those that are listening, that's what we're looking at. Next to it is a view along the axis of the DNA double helix, courtesy of Dr. R. Langridge. Yeah. So, it's, that's it's so much more beautiful, it is. isn't it? And, you know, I think and, every artist uh, tries to imitate God. Hmm. You know, and no one can. I mean, every, think about it, every sunrise is different than everything in life that you start looking at and you look at it and go, wow, that's, that's beautiful. Well, Nathan, it's always good talking with you. And the mm -hmm. time just flies by and I, I enjoy the many questions that you have, the, the desire you have to love God and walk with him. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage every young person listening, you need to get in the Bible and find people who love God and, and go and enjoy being around them. Talk to them, ask questions, don't be fearful of any questions. You can ask anything you want because everyone's on a journey. Just somebody who's older than you has been on the journey longer so they might know something to steer you in the, in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But make sure that you're using the Bible and not them. Mm 
Mm. I'm Dave Wager here, and this is Younger Older in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute.